0: Okay, uh, welcome everyone to to today's edition of of uh, Hello Zafigo. This is our third episode of our second season and i want to thank everyone who's supported us and um, followed us throughout uh the the seasons this was our response to uh having to be in lockdown and not being able to do our usual uh events uh, our annual event particularly Go x but we've loved doing these forums and we've loved presenting all sorts of wonderful wonderful speakers to you all Uh, every two weeks or so. So today we have a very, very interesting topic with two very interesting
1: speakers.
0: And it's all about traveling if you're differently abled. You know, uh, many of us, even able-bodied ones, when we travel to a new place, especially where we don't speak the language, and don't know anybody, When we arrive, we feel lost. Um, I remember when I first went to Japan and I couldn't read anything, couldn't understand anything, couldn't speak to anyone. And I I felt like I was deaf, dumb, and blind at the time. And it was difficult and it's difficult for a lot of uh, people who not that experience in travel, going to new cultures and new places and finding their way around. imagine if you were also differently abled meaning that you had one less sense to draw on like if you couldn't see or you couldn't hear or you couldn't speak things then become a bit more challenging than most people but this doesn't mean that anyone should be stopped from traveling uh At Zafigo, we believe that everyone should have access to travel through the world regardless of whether they 're able bodied or not or whatever. So today, we have two wonderful, wonderful speakers to talk to you about how they have managed to to uh you know travel the world and navigate it and do it on their own terms and i must say that no matter who you are you will be inspired i guarantee you you'll be inspired by both of them so right now um i will introduce uh our first speaker who has who is joining us all the way from boston uh which is why uh we are speaking at 9 a.m. in the morning because it's still a Friday night for her. Dr. Mona Minkara, welcome to Hello Zafigo. How are you? Thank you, you, thank
1: you. I'm good, I'm good, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, Mona is um, from America. She is an assistant professor of bioengineering at Northeastern University uh, in Boston. And she's also the founder of a YouTube channel and a website, right? Uh, Called Planes, Trains and Canes, which I just love. I love that title. That is so good. Um, Mona is uh, born in America from uh, Lebanese American uh, parents. And uh, at a young age, she lost her vision. Um, And um, and was told, uh, sadly enough, by a one specialist, uh, um, that it was not worth it to spend a penny on her education. It's unbelievable that nowadays anyone would say that to anyone. But that was what uh, her parents were told when she was diagnosed with macular degeneration and cone rod dystrophy. But her parents were want to, want to be deterred by this and put her through uh, the education system, supported her all the way, and uh, she wound up going to Wellesley College uh, with scholarships. And uh, if I'm not wrong, didn't Hillary Clinton also go to Wellesley?
1: Yes, yeah, actually, she
0: also... <laughs> she yes. gave the
1: commencement speech and I got to give one too, so that was a really cool oh, following fantastic. in her footsteps. fantastic, fantastic. Uh,
0: yes, uh, so very, very prestigious uh, college, women's college if, I, if I'm not yes. wrong, is it? Yeah, it's a yes. women's college uh, where Mona uh, double majored in Middle Eastern Studies and Chemistry this is amazing to everyone out here because we can't do this type of computations here at all
1: uh,
0: the really? idea, no 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 we we you know you're either arts or your science and it's extremely rare that you get to combine a, you know um study middle eastern studies for example any type of uh non-science um, studies with a science subject but she wound up being more interested in science, and is uh, and then finally got her PhD. Long, long uh, bio uh, with very exemplary achievements, um, and at the same time, uh, Mona always wanted to uh, help uh, the you know present the perspective of the blind community. And, um, and so she started this website called planes, trains, and canes to show that it's possible, um, to, to travel, right. Uh, even if you cannot see and the motivation for this is this idea that vision is more than sight, which I think is so. So clear and so good, um, you know, the, it, and it, it is it encapsulates everything that you're about, I think, uh, Mona. Um, and through this website, uh, she takes us on a journey around the globe and show us what it's like to travel as a blind person. And you got a prize in 2019, right? Uh, the Holman Prize. Uh, what yes. was that? What was
1: that for exactly? Actually what happened is the lighthouse for the blind San Francisco runs a competition every year for blind individuals around the world. So if there's any blind people in the audience right now, you can apply. And it's, if you have an ambitious idea that pushes the boundaries, um, you can submit your idea. And if you win, then you get the money to be able to do that idea. So that's when plain trains and canes was born i presented the idea to them and i won so that was that was kind of amazing
0: fantastic congratulations and and it is a brilliant idea by the way not just uh for for blind people but also for all of us uh who can see uh because we need to be educated and it does a lot to be um, to to educate the rest of us those of you who, who have not watched the the youtube channel it is um on the chat the link is on the chat so please do go and look at it after this so mona can we just uh start talking about about you and and what you've done um so uh I watch your series. I, I watched some of them and I was just astounded. I mean what you you travel to me more confidently than a lot of people I know who can see. You know how you navigate literally uh the metro and then the airport and then the airport on the other side, etc. I mean it's You do it with such, such confidence, but I worried, I did worry watching you, and you're the same age as my daughter, I know now, so <laughs> just like I worry about her when she travels, I worried when I watched you, uh, especially in some places which I thought would be very, very dangerous for anyone, especially women, at night. So, did you have safety concerns, um,
1: you know, when you travel, Uh, how did you manage those? So, uh, that's a very good question. I do have to say that um, it wasn't necessarily on the top of my list, but I always travel with some logical considerations, right? I'm not very, I don't just go at it with no plan in mind. Like, I have a plan in mind or, you know, I make sure that I am you know, generally in a safe area, like I have backup plans. But that's about like that's about it. I don't like I, I don't know. I I don't really have a lot of fear, and so I I I go for it. But I'm also not not like, I'm strategic about it. I don't just let it completely up to chance. So it's it's good to be strategic. It's good to be you know um
2: you know to plan ahead
1: and read ahead and see make sure that this is something that is actually considered a safe neighborhood or whatever so i wouldn't you know i wouldn't necessarily put myself in an endangered situation and if in worst case scenario like even though i think throughout the whole series i only referred to my cameraman who's natalie guzzi like twice i still know that there's somebody behind me somewhere who's looking
0: out <laughs> Right, right. But, but uh, when you when you say
1: strategic, what what exactly does that mean? Um, I mean, I I look I research the areas. Like now, right. like for example, we're considering future cities. If we got funding, where would we go? We're we're looking up safety. You know, we're looking up how 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 much is it okay to have like somebody with a big camera walking around? You know, like how you know, you know these things. Like it's good to consider these issues there some cities that are more prone for being mugged than other cities so like we we don't we don't necessarily go to those cities (laughs) so right yeah but actually that's that's research that anybody should do really
0: before they travel i mean that's what we try uh at zafigo to give women uh as much information as possible before they travel but i i guess for you there are um extra, uh, precautions maybe that you have to think about. So do you rely on intuition and instinct a lot when, when you go to these places? I mean, does, have you ever I'm had definitely a, a situation
1: where something just tells you that it's not right? Actually, that's a really good question. I, I do. I am hyper aware of my surroundings. I am extremely aware of my surroundings. I can I can tell you if where people are walking around me very precisely. I can tell you if somebody's been walking behind you know behind me for a while. Like I can, I'm very aware of like auditory, you know, obviously like you know, sometimes I'm aware of where Natalie is even though I can't see her, but then like I'm not like sometimes she gets lost in the crowd. I'm very aware, right? Sounds are very important to me. Um, I think there's a scene when I'm trying to get to the hotel in Johannesburg, and I take a wrong turn, and it just feels right. like I, I could just sense I'm going the wrong direction. Not because I could see anything, but because it's getting quieter. You know, it's there's right. less activity. So I'm like, is this the right way? And you know, I double check. Turns out it was the wrong way. So so there is a sense of always deducing, um, right? But this right. is something that anybody should do. Really, honestly, <laughs>
0: like uh, absolutely, 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 Yeah, I, I watched that uh, particular episode, and I was terrified for you. You know, I was expecting someone to, to uh, you know, mug you uh, right there in front of, of the camera. But obviously, that wasn't going to happen. Oh, one second. Uh, welcome,
2: Senator Ras Adibarazi. Thank you. thank you so much. I'm so sorry cuz I had a bit of a problem with my Zoom. So, yeah. It's good to see all of you.
0: Okay, great. Um uh, Mona, I'm just going to introduce our other speaker. Uh Ras Adibarazi. Uh now Senator Yang Berhormat Senator Ras Adibarazi. So, Ras, can I just introduce you and Read uh, out your bio. Although for most Malaysians, um, we all know you. <laughs> We've known you for a long time, of course, and and so have I. Uh, but yes. oh, we have we have foreign guests uh, today, all the way from Boston, uh, who come to to watch Mona, but they are also keen to listen to you. So Raz Adibarazi uh, um, started off. Uh, in our minds and on our TV screens uh, how many years ago twenty thirty oh twenty Th- thirty four years thirty four years ago okay before <laughs> yeah. Mona was born okay I'm gonna just to make you feel old and me too um, on TV as uh, as a broadcaster um, and uh, she's been involved uh, in us all that time in the world of media, public relations, news gathering, corporate communications, social responsibility, government protocol, and international relations. And now she manages RAS Networks, Berhad, a company which she set up in 1995, whose primary business is in training, producing TV programs, motivational talks, organizing events and conferences, voiceovers, documentaries, music videos, and producing educational sports and musicals for Pesatuan OKU Central which is an organization uh, for the differently able that uh, she set up. She's also a sports person um, and has represented Malaysia in various uh, uh, games, para games, I think they call them, in swimming, badminton and in air rifle. Shooting and also she does things like parachuting, still parachuting, still, still. oh gosh, scuba diving <laughs> and motorsports. Uh, but in uh, in 203, uh, oh yeah, in 203, she stunned the nation by breaking the Malaysia Book of Records for long distance wheelchair marathons, which we will talk about shortly because I think that's crazy but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but um Raz was not born uh disabled uh she uh unfortunately had uh spinal injuries from two uh accidents and uh, but that hasn't stopped her uh, obviously because she's gone on to do many many uh of those things after her injury and her latest achievement actually occurred just this year, just a few months ago, when she was appointed a senator in our uh, parliamentary upper house, the Dewanagara. So today we welcome Senator Ras Adiba Razi. Welcome. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. The last time I saw you, I think we were handing I handed you the Olympic torch. Yes in the Olympic torch. That's right. The Olympic torch ran in two oh oh eight. I think it was the China China Olympics.
2: That's right.
0: And uh yeah. (laughs) That was that was good fun. Yes, it Um, was. So uh So, Russ, um, I was just chatting with Mona, Uh, in case you haven't met Mona. Mona is from Boston. Uh, She is a scientist and assistant professor at Northeastern University, but she also runs a wonderful website and YouTube channel called Planes, Trains, and Canes, where she shows people how she travels around the world on her own, mostly, and mostly on public transport. Uh, and it's fascinating to watch. Uh, let me tell you. But let's let's get to you first, uh, Ras. Um, you know, uh, when I knew you a long time ago, um, when I first knew you, I you know you're a motorbiker and uh, yeah. radio, uh, TV newscaster, all that very, very glamorous. Of course, you're no less glamorous uh, now, but uh that was quite a change right quite a change yes. from that life to this life even though it's it's been a while now I'm, but what was the hardest thing to adjust uh to to your life now to um
2: well first and foremost i actually lost some friends when i became disabled then you only realized that you have uh mostly acquaintances but not friends and then um one of the things that really bugged me was uh you know not being able to move about because you know as you know i can't stay put i'm always jumping around riding my bike uh you know i trained as a dancer so when i couldn't walk anymore i became a t10 paraplegic it was just crazy and um to make to make it worse the place that i was working before uh didn't take me back so i didn't have a job for six years and um, you know, not many people know, um, but I was surviving on eating rice with salt and drinking tap water for six years because it was so hard. I, I you know, it, people just didn't want to give me a job. They would say, "Oh, but you're a newscaster. What else can you do?" You know, and then some of them say, "Oh, but you can't be a newscaster because you know you're not sitting, you're not standing up. We can't see you in full frame." So, to them, I wasn't up there anymore. I was not glamorous anymore, so I, I can't be in the broadcasting fraternity. So that that happened for six years and uh, yeah, the discrimination is the one that really, really bugged me. You know, I could adjust a lot of things. I could adjust being on a wheelchair, I could adjust having to use diapers or catheters and stuff like that. But, um, you know, n- not being able to do what, uh, what what I have been doing since I was 18 in the in, in, in TV station, was just uh, too much for me at, at at that point of time. Yeah, that that's kind of,
0: you know, when you think back, it's kind of silly, right? Because as a newscaster or a host on on TV, most of the time we only see you from the waist up, anyway, right? What does it matter what what you're sitting on? You know, um, your brain hasn't changed, right? So yeah. I know it's 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 really. Uh, Amazing that people think that one part of you goes wrong then the whole of you must go wrong, but you know, you know It's obviously not true so So you've you've really overcome that in a very admirable way and now you're in I hope in a good place now Nowadays,
2: yeah
0: Yeah, and and you're doing more for other people, too. So in, in what year was it, 2003 was it, that you did your marathon wheelchair ride from Johor to KL, which is all of 400-something kilometers. You must have the most, 490 kilometers. You must have the most amazingly strong arms. But <laughs> why,
2: why were you doing that? What, what was that for? What, what were you trying to, to show? Well you know i went, when when i uh, when I became disabled, what happened was i i I was trying to find myself I was soul searching um, trying to adjust to my new life, and I actually wanted to 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 do something and since i didn 't have a job that time, I was reading an article, and then I saw some um, uh, international athletes they they did a long distance marathon. And, and, you know, I thought, why not do that and go down to the ground and see my other friends who are disabled and, and learn more. And then I also wanted to go down and meet uh, the families of persons with disabilities and tell them, hey, you know what, whatever disability your kids have, your children have, your family have, you've got to push them out. Because if you're not around, you know, they, 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 they can't. They can't be independent and, and also get them to, to, to go into sports because that's what uh, took me out of, uh, you know, pulled me out from the brink really because uh, in sports, I was like everybody else. And um, at the uh, Sports Paralympic Centre in Kampung Pandan, when you go there, it's like X-Men and X-Women. Everybody looks different, talk different, you know, um, and, and see differently and think differently, you know. And, but everybody's, you know, so um, extraordinary so that's that's why i did the marathon i was soul searching i wanted to find myself and i actually found it um i am here because one first because of have, having faith having the almighty god allah but also because i borrowed the spirit of my disabled friends so i would not be here yeah. if, if not without them they're just crazily amazing
0: <laughs> i i i totally agree you know the spirit of disabled people especially disabled athletes um it is you know, I think it's inspiring to other people. I remember once uh, participating in wheelchair basketball, I think, for, a, yeah. for, I think it was a World AIDS Day event. And once I got into a wheelchair, I couldn't move. I was so terrified, mostly of falling backwards. And yet there they were zipping about like nothing, which yeah. made me realize that if the playing field was leveled, everyone has a chance to excel right that's true. Uh, everyone and and that was to me that was my my aha moment and i i I really think that everyone should put themselves in some way in the shoes of, of people who are differently able to to understand uh what's uh going on you know what's going on there really and what they actually need so um so uh this uh, this show this uh, website that i have is about travel so have you traveled since and how do you navigate the world in your wheelchair what what have you found the most easy
2: or difficult about it uh well first and foremost uh, being on a wheelchair people always tell me that i shouldn't be traveling that i should be staying home Ah. Right. I said, Why do you even bother? And I'm like, ah, duh. I want to see the world, you know. And then they say, yeah, but you know, you you you're making it so difficult for yourself and other people. And I'm like, whatever. So I actually pushed myself. Um, to do the normal things that I used to do. And traveling it, it, it was, was, was something that I loved to do. And, and it was very difficult because, you know, sometimes when you go into the plane, they don't have cabin wheelchairs. You request for a cabin wheelchair and they forget it. And, um, you know, when you go in, you are the first and you come out the last, you know. Um, now it's a bit better um, because also I, 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 I helped train some of the uh, cabin crew in, in one of the... Um, uh, in, in, in one of the carrier. So, um, um, I have help uh, mostly uh, from, uh, you know, my, my carriers. They will assist me. Uh, whether I like it or not, it's not easy for me to travel on my own. On my own. Out of 10 times, I tra- travel. Um, five, I would travel my own. And the other five, I'd, I'd have to get a, a carrier with me. Um, one of the best achievements, or rather the best place that I, I've been ever since I became uh someone who's uh, a a user was to travel to sri lanka with uh with uh my ex and also my two boys and um we actually went out to the adam's peak um in sri lanka it was crazy and of course you know i cannot go out because of step steps steps you know and those people i actually um they they put me in like a a canvas you know like the old banner canvas Uh, and then they put uh wood and they tied strings and they carried me up all the way up it oh my great. gosh
0: like a queen wow.
2: yeah <laughs> like a queen it in was a like a queen it was so i i felt like oh my and and the best part was we could only go up between 12 midnight to 6 a.m because we have to see oh. uh, the, the sun come up Toronto. so right. when, when they brought me up i swear to god i saw millions and millions of stars it was so beautiful and you know like if you read a bit about uh, adam's peak you know they say that's uh, where uh, the prophet adam where you know he he was put there from from the heavens he was placed there and it was so beautiful it was like shangri-la you know the clouds and the the you know Dr. mona it was incredible you know the, the clouds yeah. the, Breeze, the the waterfall, you know, and um, the, the, you, you you can smell the air, you know, and you can hear the chirping of the birds. You were just, it was like as if it was you're in heaven, you know. And I, I, I that that point of time, um, I was very appreciative of um, uh uh, uh the the, the uh, mountain carriers who helped me out, And I, I'm heavy, okay, so when they carry me out once <laughs> in a while, they would just. They would just plonk me on the ground and I'll be sleeping because it's so high up. I plonk, they plonk me on the ground slowly and I open up and then I see a cat at my face or, you know, a dog coming to, to see you We're like, what is this lady on, on, on the ground, you know? And then after a while, they would carry me up. They would take turns and, and brought me out. and oh my God, that is the best, best wow. ever, Wow.
0: Ever, ever
2: mona what would i think that's your next destination
0: <laughs> wouldn't that be no, amazing i want to my- do that i want to do that i really want to do that so um yeah going back um going back to 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 mona um you've you've been to several cities uh uh already and uh you know were there Great differences between the the cities for you, um, you know which which were uh, better, which were easier to
1: navigate, which were not. So yes, definitely there was a lot of differences. But before I begin, I just want to say it was really nice to meet you, Raz. Um, even if it's just virtually, and I was very taken by your story. I, I think. And I really loved how you described the last thing about going up to the top of the mountain because I can just sense the um like the freedom that you felt like I, and that's very valuable to me as a person i I really value um I really value freedom, like both a physical sense and a mental sense, you know and um so back to the question you were asking, yeah, I found a difference, and there was a lot of cultural difference, there was an infrastructural difference that I pointed out. But I think to me, what was the most interesting is that, you know, I was surprised. So I, I did minimal research about the infrastructure and the cultural, like, perceptions of blindness in the different cities that I went to. And that was great because my, my experiences were raw. And, and I tried to capture that, you know, with Natalie, um, the camerawoman, like, you know, on camera. And you know, Tokyo was phenomenal. I was really impressed by the infrastructure and the technology that they had really thought of everything you know down to um by the way as this would be uh, relevant to you but they had an entire booklet on like accessibility down to what would be the best for people in wheelchairs or wow. attractions for people who are deaf or people who are blind they had cane guides embedded in the in the ground so that i can use my cane it would literally take me to the door of the train and then if I followed it it could take me to the door of the bus or you know how to exit I mean that was amazing they had sounds everywhere so that really helped guide me you know like I I felt like I really felt in Tokyo my vision wasn't necessary which is a very rare feeling um to have because in other parts of the world that's not necessarily the case and then you know London was very different culturally for me you know I was I was brought up in America and here like you know you ask for for help they'll like help you if if people offer and you say no thank you they leave you alone there's a little bit more of a sense of like individualism but in in London it was like I I was just faced a lot of times with um, people asking where's your caretaker like you're gonna do this on your own that's not really possible like you know I I get so in the the video you get to see me have a discussion with um, the head of the train station at Heathrow, which was honestly, he was a great guy for even accepting to be videotaped. So Natalie I gotten permission from him. But, you know, that was that was culturally that was very emotionally draining for me. You know, it's 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 very um disempowering when somebody sits down and talks to you and kind of doesn't treat you like you have agency to decide for yourself. I, I think that's very disempowering. Well, in reality, like I am an adult. I, I know my limits like today. I don't want to get help but tomorrow I might want to get help you know just like any other person you know who might want to ask for directions or not you know I might be in a certain mood so yeah so I had very different I think Turkey really hit me on the human connection level Um, there's a really uh, like a scene that touched my heart when i land in turkey and i'm trying to find the hotel and i'm standing at the sidewalk and i'm really tired and i have my suitcase and i just don't know where this hotel that i'm getting to is so i just stop there and then a taxi driver literally stops his car comes out comes to me starts talking to me in turkish i'm like i don't understand and i'm just like hi I'm tired, you know like yelling like saying the name of the hotel and the guy literally like taps my left arm and says 15 meters and I'm like thank you thank you and he goes back into his car like this guy literally stopped driving got out helped me out like communicated to me figured out a way and then went back into his car and and that just blew my mind you know that was like that level of humanity that I you know really appreciated
0: not not just humanity but I think respect too that you know that you are your own person and and you know you 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 can do things on your own you just need a little push in the right direction literally uh right Mm -hmm. um and and you know one thing about your video that i found so enlightening is how you know able-bodied people just sometimes don't get it especially with blind people especially with someone like you doesn't actually look as if you can't see um where i i noticed so many times that you ask them which way is it and then they point <laughs> instead of verbalizing it right and that's such a simple little thing that we uh, are
1: okay. you know it takes maybe it's it's when i ask them can you please tell me left or right and they still don't tell me that's when it gets frustrating if they're pointing because it's just the natural instinct that's one thing but i'm like i can't see like left or right <laughs> like yeah you know like sometimes but, people take a minute to register that I'm standing in front of them and I can't really see them.
0: But yeah, but you know, it, it, it makes us think, you know, like, oh, we gotta, we gotta be a bit more, you know, sensitive to that, you know? So yeah. anyway, I, I see uh, several questions and, and leading up from, um, from the, your last, uh, your last explanation about the cities, there's a question here from Liana to both of you, both Mona and Ras. Is there um, a movement globally that lobbies local councils or city councils, whatever, to ensure that city planning includes accessibility for differently abled persons? Do you know anything like that? And how can we support such movements here in Malaysia or in the US, wherever? Do you know any?
2: Well, um, in Malaysia, actually, we are working very closely. Um, um, we we have a team called Harapan OKU, and what we do is um, we um, are working on um, uh, sharpening our Akta OKU, the Disabled Act, because our Disabled Act uh, needs to be there's It is not. It, it it doesn't really uh, protect us. It doesn't uh, really, um, you know, it, we, our rights are not just right there, you know, it needs to, you know, like implementation. So for example, if, um, when you are at, uh, in town and you want to park a car. Yeah. And, uh, the, 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 wheel, the wheelchair park, the, the disabled parking is used by persons who are not disabled. Um, actually we must already have a sign and say, you're going to be fine like 2000 or 1000 ringgit. We don't really have that. Sometimes they put 50 ringgit or hundred and people just pay it and they go off, you know? So, um. Um, We can only um, uh, improve um, the accessibility here, Um, I'm just talking about Malaysia. Um, First, by having our Disabled Act, um, you know, uh, to to have it more sting, one. And then second is to work very closely with the municipalities. Because actually sometimes people take it uh, for granted, um, you know, that that they can, they should build a ramp and the ramp is not following the spec. They should, build a t- they should have a toilet, but the toilet I go in, I can't come out. I, cl- I try to close the door, I can't get through. And then sometimes I go in the toilet, I sit down, and then there's somebody sleeping in the toilet, and I hear that person snoring. And I said, excuse me, um, I- I- I'm trying to go to the toilet. And she says, she's a cleaner, and she says, oh, but it's okay, you can go ahead. You know, I- I'm used to it. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not used to it. You know, or our <laughs> storerooms, Mona, you can close your mouth. <laughs> oh, our storeroom, our, our-, our toilets use a storeroom. So, in order for us to to, to do this, um, I think we have the UN CRPD um, internationally. But like for in Malaysia, um, if I may say, um, um, we are very uh, we are working very hard with the groups from Harapan okay, uh, with our lawyers and stuff like that, to make sure that we have um, we have how um, kwasaan, the implementation um, can and and also fine can be uh, given the authorities. Can find people so that you know it's more accessible um sorry um uh just now uh you mentioned about uh traveling uh and, and mona asked, uh spoke what it's like to be traveling um one of the one of the things that uh, uh that gets me all reeled up is when again if people when people come up to me, and say, why are you traveling why are you moving about i, I went into a, a a taxi three taxis at KL Central before. Many years ago when I first became disabled, I wanted to go in a taxi. I didn't have a car. And then after that, the guy said, "Uh, okay, I can take you, but you leave your wheelchair. And I'm like, huh? And then after that, (laughs) the the other one would say, "Uh, okay, um, I I will take you, but I'll charge you double. And so but I don't have enough money, you know? And then the other one said, okay, I'll take you. And then I transfer at the back seat. And you know when people open the back boot, right? Um, You know, the, the guy would just plumped my wheelchair in and when he's already sitting right you can hear people speaking behind right and he was saying oh man you know these disabled people why do they even bother coming out waste my life you know wasting my time and he just closed the bonnet and i'm like what And i just cried. You know? yeah they forget you're also customers you know yeah, you know so that was that was my when i first became um, a wheelchair user that was really really hard guys because i find that people uh people treat me as if I have horns on my head and that I can't travel. Even moving around, taking a taxi and stuff like that, you know? And then um and then I like I said, I, I went into different different groups trying to soul search, trying to learn and stuff like that. But one of the things that I loved most was actually um scuba diving. So I, I scuba dive and uh Doctor Mona, you must try it because you know I why? want to. I, I know that it's very, very- I want to try. I know it's very visual because of the gauge and the, you have to keep track of the pressure gauge.
1: And like yes. people communicate with their hands. But I, so I have no idea how I would do it. But
2: I, I definitely want to try. You I've watched snorkeling yes. before. Oh, you must, you must dive because you know what? When you're down there, the sea does not discriminate. The fishes, the turtles, they don't care about us. Just, they look at us like, uh-huh, okay. So, you know, you can go about and dive and have fun in the water you feel. You know that you you feel uh, you you can feel from different different depths, and you can feel the warmth and the coolness of the water, and and the silence of being in the sea is incredible. You must 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 do it. Ah, there you go. Inshallah, it's
1: on the, it's on my plan.
2: <laughs> Another thing to
0: add to your to your list, uh, Mona. Um, there there are questions here about uh, more about travel. So, which was the first city that? uh you traveled uh both of you Mona do you want which was the first city abroad uh, or even uh within
1: America actually uh that you went to on your own on my own or just period because ever since I was a kid we would go to Lebanon almost every summer so that oh, right. was a very part of my um this was a big part of my childhood on my own I honestly don't remember because I've just gone to a lot, like so I, many I've places. traveled on my own. <laughs> I don't but, but it was I, my first time. Um, I can tell you my first time that I rode, I traveled alone and used public transportation in a foreign city on my own, and that was actually London. Um, not the one for plane cases, but like a year or two before, I went there and I, by myself, navigated from the airport to my hotel using like only public. Public transportation, and I met up with my family there, and it was it was awesome. Like that was yeah, very I, empowering. Yeah, you,
0: you're making a, a point, right? Of using public transportation. Well, right?
1: My, yeah, I mean, my point, my point is is this: it, public transportation should be accessible for all, and it isn't always. And um, but it's also the tool of the masses, so you know, it's very easy. Um, at least in my case, not. Not like you, Senator. In which you know, I can get into a cab or an Uber and just sit nicely and comfortably behind you know my glass window or whatever, and like you know see the world pass by me. i actually not really see it. So that's a more like distance way of interacting. I wanted to really get into it. I love public transportation. For me, um, ever since I was a kid and growing up in Boston, like it was a a tool for freedom, a tool for me to go around. You know. I can't drive. So public transportation is a way for me to get from point A to point B on my own. And so I, I've always had a love for it. And I, I want to uh, bring light to it. I think we need to cherish it. I think it's an undervalued commodity, but it needs to, you know, be brought to light. So I really love public transportation. Yeah,
2: yeah I, think, I mean, I think- I agree with Mona, but you know, uh, in the outskirts, um, now in the cities, we have uh, buses which are accessible. We still don't have accessible um, taxis, which I, I, I really would like to, to see happening very soon. Uh, but the, the problem that we have with public transportation, if, my, if I may share, guys, is actually in the outskirts. In the rural areas, my friends, they have trouble because um, you know, they, there are no, just not, no buses uh, you know, that's, uh, that has ramps and hydraulics. And every time when I go to the rural areas, what happens is I, I actually have to crawl out the bus. You know, um, but um, when 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 just now that uh, Paduka Marina asked about traveling, um, I have to share something, you guys. When I first um, became disabled, right, I took my baby. He was one years old, Umar, and I, you know, strapped him up to me, and I was pushing my wheelchair, and we traveled back to Langkawi because we have we have uh, because we have uh, kampung houses uh, up there, and. He was just sitting there with me, you know, pushing the chair, and we were in the plane. and uh, Yeah, but he threw up uh, all over me, but it's okay. And then we, we, we ke- I kept on bringing him traveling, and I actually went back to Frankfurt, and I brought him along with me. So it was fun, you know what? Because when, when we went back to, to, to Frankfurt, he was already a toddler, and he was helping pushing my wheelchair, he was very proud. He tells people how to carry me, and people were looking at us like, okay she's uh, using a wheelchair and she has a small child pushing her and they're fine you know one one of the things that's important is we need to show up we need to get up we need to get out just like what you do yes. Mona. when people see us people realize oh these guys are there these guys are using it these guys needs it and oh um uh, the, the 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 tactiles are not correct you know it's put not put properly oh the ram's not put properly so yeah we we in order for uh, to, uh, for a country to, be an, uh, to have accessible tourism is, the disabled have to come out. Because once they come out, then people will see, you know, yes. that, that their needs are such yes. and, and it's yes. up there, you know? Yeah, and I... I, I yeah. Yeah, so.
1: Go ahead, and I was gonna Mona. say, Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was gonna say that Natalie, uh, you know, the camera woman who came with me, she actually told me at one point that she saw more blind people walking around in Tokyo than she did in all of the other cities combined because Tokyo had all of these systems in place. They had auditory signals. If you cross the street north, south, it was different than a sound for east, west. They had a different melody for each train line. It was unbelievable, like the amount of technology that was there to help blind people. And so it allowed for more people to go out. And I think, think, like you said, um, Senator, like we don't, People are asking, "Why are you going out? Why are you even trying?" The reality is, we need to be out there to try to start changing. We we can't just stay at home, um, and you know, yeah. hide from the world. Yeah, you know, um, I you know,
0: I used to go to Melbourne a lot before, and I used to notice that there were so many um, disabled people out and about everywhere, everywhere in shops, and you know, and and everything. And I for a while I thought what happened here in Melbourne you know that some disaster happened that so many people became disabled and then I realized no it's because it is accessible to them and and why not you know like why shouldn't banana republic have a changing room just for disabled people they buy clothes too so you know that that again you know I've had this sort of revelations along the way Uh, And I I really think you're right about being people outside. I think we need to have disabled people of all kinds audit cities, you know, to see where the needs are. And it really doesn't take anything away from us able people too. I, you know, I don't mind having music (laughs) wherever to tell me where I'm going. Sometimes you get lost in thought and you forget. (laughs) Anyway, more questions coming up. So, um, how has, um, how has travel, because we, again, we are travel web, so how has travel impacted you? I mean, has it changed your view of the world or, or, you know, broadened your vision? What, what, what has, how's that gone for you? Mona, would you like to? Sure. Um,
1: even though you're used to it, it's yeah but traveling is like you know when you're a kid and you start reading books about places you've never been to and you're able to mentally travel but then when you get to literally travel it's kind of like bridging all these worlds and you realize how much more of the world there is out there to see that is what traveling is for me it was like a sense of exploration and adventure um that i was able to truly experience and then realizing that it's not just the physical act of traveling that's adventurous, but it's also the mental act of exploring being open to new experiences. And you can do that like at home or while you're physically traveling. So I don't know, travel for me is is a time in which you can get out of your routine, change things up a little bit and learn something new about yourself.
0: What
2: about you, Ras? I can with Mona. it is, um, Travelling brings us to another world. And uh, what I like to do is I actually like to see um, the, the facilities that they have around the country, around the world. And, and then I, 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 I compare them, you know, and I bring them home and then I, I share with people so that we can improve, uh, you know, our, our infra here. Um, uh, but the other thing is what I like to see is like, what Mona shared just now, and she said you know that the taxi in, in Turkey actually you know went out of his car and spoke to her, you know when you travel, you meet all kinds of people, and then you see uh the 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 varying um empathies of of uh, people of each country you know they care for you they they, they, they you know they, they want to help but that, that's that's uh, uh, uh Mona brought it up earlier, yeah. When you travel sometimes, right, Dr. uh Dr. Uh, you what happens is sometimes people actually, I'm on a wheelchair, right, and I'm pushing my wheelchair. And they come up to me and they just push, push, push. And I'm like, uh, uh, I, I can do this. And they say, yeah, but it's okay. I want to help. But they don't realize that if they don't, I, this is the only thing I can do, which is push my wheelchair. I can't walk and I just want to feel like everybody else, you know. So um, I always tell them, uh, no, it's okay. If I need help I'll ask you. You know. So you meet all kinds of people. Um, you know, and, and um you, you you learn and you share. I like what about like what I like about traveling is sharing with them what I go through and then I meet other disabled people or even able people and I learned and then you know we, we learn and and from then on you know only only we can um improve the conditions and our thinking for persons with disability around the world and mind you uh, under uh, the united nations uh who 15 percent of a country's population is disabled that means in our country Malaysia there's 4.7 million of us and the ones that's registered is about five hundred sixty thousand only so 15 uh, you know a percent is a lot uh them, a lot. Where, where, you, where you yeah where are you coming from how 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 many million would that be oh i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah because really? what, that, you know what that the other yeah, thing, is, um, uh, yeah, thing is um people yeah. don't realize that uh, accessible tourism is one thing having good infrastructure, infrastructure is another thing it's not just for us it's for everybody eventually yeah. everyone becomes yes. disabled you know, yes, realize. when you when you get old.
0: When you get old, or even, you know, as a mother pushing a baby stroller, it's not easy to get around, you know? Yeah, uh, and and the same things that help you in a wheelchair also helps mothers with strollers, actually, I find. Um yeah, so um we have a few minutes more and there are lots of comments but not so many. Questions. Okay. Here's one question. Um, air travel is the most common mode of public transport to travel across countries. Uh, why do you think air carriers still remain far lacking in accommodating the needs of travelers with disabilities? I'm
2: a- either one
0: of you, you know, do, do you find for you, maybe less so, uh, Mona, but for us, uh, airplanes must be a particular has it no
1: I mean even even with me yes. it's, uh, yeah sorry yeah continue uh, no no dude go ahead no, no. Please, please, you first. oh no I, thank you um like even with me I, I remember flying to London and I was on the airlines and when the flight attendant saw that I was with Natalie my camera woman my friend they were like they were like oh you have a caretaker we don't need to brief you on on the safety instructions and uh-huh. you know they're supposed to be briefing me because you know i can't see them demonstrating i can't see the video um so i i feel like there's still a long way to go that we need to like educate um these air you know these air cool. like, Cal- Cal- yeah, be cool, yeah. it's because it's i don't know there's there's a, a deeply um incorrect perception of disabilities
0: yeah because how would you if there was an emergency how would you know how to get off the plane you know or, or things like
1: that you know it, probably hear everybody rushing out <laughs> just yeah like, but
0: still you know surely they must tell you at least what's supposed to happen
1: um, well, i mean just and, the phrase oh you have a caretaker i'm like yeah well, what if honestly, like even you have even a nanny like yeah even my friend was offended on my behalf and like the reality is what if she was doing her own thing what if i needed to help her <laughs> like th- there was, that exactly. could never cross their minds you know um exactly like at, at the end of the day we all should be working together but sorry yeah
0: yeah exactly russ you know you have particular problems with airplanes uh Trains? yeah i
2: i i have i have that problem sometimes because um one is they always um, plonk my wheelchair and break my rims so i actually you know you know just take off my rims and, break, and just break. rough yeah yeah uh, and sometimes they my, my wheelchair gets dropped at another country and i come out and my wheelchair <gasps> is not there you oh, know no. i remember coming back from a a, a paralympic game uh, i mean uh, uh, from training and and then coming back to kuala lumpur to to, to participate in the paralympic games here and I said, where's my wheelchair? And then they go like, uh, here's the wheels. I said, yeah, but where's my frame? And they go, "Um, I think we left it in Doha. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so that's one thing. You know, they, they take things very easily sometimes. And this happens with a lot of airlines. And then another thing is um, actually, you know, they don't have cabin wheelchairs and they have to carry me to the toilet and bring me in. So yeah, uh, like what Dr. Mona says just now um they still lack in in, in communication and sometimes um uh, not sometimes uh, most times uh, the carriers they don't have a sign language interpreter when they actually um have uh their their, you know their, their public service announcement they have the audio they have the visual but they don't have a sign language interpreters because they don't have subtitling you know so things like that and another thing is um if i may if i may share as well um if um one of the other things that people face is uh, people who have autism, ADHD, and stuff like that. You know, um, um, the 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 staffs uh, they're not they're not equipped on how to 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 to, to tend to us. So um, we've had uh, a few of us have done it with Malaysia Airlines, and, and I've done it with a few friends in Asia. We try to educate them on how best to assist us. Uh, how how to calm us down if we have a meltdown and stuff like that in the plane. So that's very important. I mean, having been on a wheelchair is, you know, I mean, whatever it is if words come to us, I'll just call in. But for my friends who are hyperactive and they cannot take too much sound, you know, and if they have a meltdown, how do we care for them? That's another problem, guys, you know, that we, we, we don't we don't think about with accessible tourism. How to care for the other special needs. Great.
0: Um, I'm glad that you are training uh airlines uh, about this rust. It seems to me uh, an area that's really really lacking. so uh we have a, a few minutes and we're gonna extend it a bit um let me see well, coming back to to travel again uh, we are actually not traveling at all nowadays. <laughs> Nobody, because of no, this terrible. <laughs> well, this
2: terrible pandemic. Have Have you been traveling outside the country? No, for us. Uh no no I I have been because I'm sending food ration to all those people in the red zone. So I started yesterday, I, just like as the last MCO. So we still go down, not outside the country, but just around you know yeah, the areas but, in the red zone. Yeah,
0: we we are still you know moving about within the country. We are allowed to do that. We are, we were allowed uh, domestic tourism for a while, uh, less so yeah. now, um, but um, we, we can't travel outside the country, which is uh, a, real, uh, a, a real challenge to those of us who are used to it and, who are, you know, traveling a lot, like me. Um, but, so tell me, um, if things get back to normal, whatever normal is, but basically if borders open and it feels safe to to go overseas again, where would you go? What, what would be the first place that you would go? You know, for a holiday particularly, but maybe if you have some work to do somewhere. For me? Yeah, where would you go? What's your dream destination,
2: Russ? I want to go to Finland. I want to see the aurora Finland. I want to huh. feel, I want to to experience. Yeah, Mona, maybe you should do that as well. You know, the, the splendor of the skies. we should skies. Together one day. Yes, and, yes. yes.
1: Canes. We should do one from your perspective.
2: Okay, that'll be great. My god, I can't wait, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks for hooking us
0: i love to go to really? Finland so like, saying, you know, I haven't been. It's actually on my list Finland too. Aha, there you go. Yeah. And and Mona, where, what would be the first what's at the top of your list?
1: Oh, I don't know. I have too many. <laughs> too <Aha>. many.
0: <laughs> you have to make choices. You have to make choices. Yeah. You know? But coming yeah. back to to um technology, you know, has technology helped uh have you seen advances in technology that has helped uh both of you when you travel or just your know, everyday
1: life What what's the best thing to have Mona? I I um i definitely i would not have been able to navigate as well if it wasn't for my phone you know so oh, you, you so. see me in the in the videos, like using Siri and being like, okay, navigate to this, using my Google Maps, you know, literally having it tell me, um, you know, 100 steps ahead or something like that. So that's been, even using the compass, I use the compass, I mean, this is old technology in a way, right, like a compass, but at least the compass on my phone, because my phone talks to me, I can, you know, tell which direction it's going, Um, but, yeah i would not have been able to navigate as well without my compass and google maps <laughs> and the fact that my phone talks right that's yeah yeah for you i
0: mean we use that too but i guess for you it's an extra help right um any other any other thing uh like when you do your research on places uh on the computer how how do you do that and where how do you how do you
1: navigate that on the internet well there's two things number one like i could use my own computer and ipad and phone like everything we live in a day and age in which there are like text-to-speech softwares that i could use but also Ah. like you know um there are people like for example right now we're trying to see if we can get funding for season two so natalie is looking into the different cities (laughs) so she does she's doing Ah. a lot of the research So shout out Uh, to her, but, um, you know, like, like at the end of the day, like I'm very, like I live in an age, which I'm pretty lucky for that things like my iPad and my phone and my computer can talk to me and I can navigate through that.
0: Right. That's, that's, that's a really a a blessing. I think one of the, the good things about technology and, and yes, you're right. You happen to live in this age where all these things are available russ do you rely on anything in particular
2: to help Uh, you uh, infrastructure is very important for me guys because you know i i i the the, if i don't have ramps i'm in trouble if the cups are too high i'm in trouble if the toilet is there
0: are there maps that tell you where they are
2: no No? overseas. maybe like in tokyo and in yeah in tokyo Tokyo. (laughs) they would have that but here we we we're still we're hoping that somebody would do, you know, maps and accessible tourism so that we know, uh, you know, where yes. to navigate us like that. So, um, basically our problem is actually, um, uh, for me as, as a wheelchair user is actually the, the infrastructure. If it's not there, it's very tough for me to move. Um, um, like, uh, what Mona says, you know, it, when she was in Tokyo, everything was accessible. There was audio, there was, or there were visual, there were tactiles and everything, you know, um, but, um. I, I find traveling um, uh, on, on my own, um, the, the biggest uh, problem is actually infra. I give an example, um, you know, because in Langkawi, we still don't have uh, an airport which has an narrow bridge, right? So every time when I come down, I feel like a princess, which I, I like it actually. They put me on, on, on the seat and they carry me down like I'm a queen, like Cleopatra, you know, like that. It's great, but I'm just so afraid it falls down. But uh, what they've done is, um, I'm, I'm so, so impressed now in Langkawi is um, they have a special chair. Yeah, Dr. Paduka and also Mona, they have a special chair. They strap you up and this chair has a like wheels and it goes, gzung, 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 goes up, you know, and it brings you up. It's scary, but it works, you know, so um, I feel that um, we, we have, we, we, we're getting there in Malaysia. So Mona, I really look forward to having you here. Uh, I'm sorry, we're not like Tokyo yet. Uh, It will take a bit of time, um, but I will work on it. (laughs) I
0: I think it would be so cool to have Mona come here and just walk around KL and just tell us. And suffer for a bit and then tell us how to And (laughs) and we'll, we'll follow you and just take notes all the way and present it to someone or other uh say this is gonna be done better really really you know um yeah Mona. i am uh, ruskies mentioning langkawi that's a beautiful island up north uh where actually in my home state uh great for holidays and chilling out and everything so when you come when you come we will take you there for sure so um uh, there are a few more questions, um, uh, mostly about, uh, accessibility, really. Uh, what kind of education programs would you recommend? Um, I, Mona, do you give talks about, um, about, uh, accessibility, et cetera, in, in schools? Maybe do you do that in the, in the States?
1: I actually, um, not exactly, i I talk about my story, and I talk about like you know pursuing your dreams in science while being blind because it's very rare, but uh. my sister, my sister, who's also blind, she's two years um younger than me, but she has a company that she's starting that literally that's what she's trying to do is go out and um, you know promote the concept of inclusion and accessibility and how you know, just like what Senator Raz was saying, if you design something, if you design infrastructure for inclusion, you're designing it for everybody, right? Yes, so, absolutely. So my sister
0: does that more. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. That's, that's her great. Her name is Sarah
1: Mankara, so you can look her up.
0: Sara, okay, we will, we will. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll find a link and, and put it on for everyone here to see. So uh, it's past 10 already and uh, we've come to the end. I think there are no more questions. So what? uh, I just have one last question uh, for both of you, which is something that we always ask at the end of our sessions, which is that if you could give our participants today, our audience today, one piece of advice that you've learned through your experience in life, what would it be? Who wants to go
2: first? Ah, Ras, Ras, go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no.
1: laughs>
2: okay. Well, um, I would like um, uh, my friends uh, with special needs out there. Um, you know, to if they're listening to this, I would like them to go out and uh, tell uh, and have them know that our disability is actually our ability. We have every right to travel and do things that we like to do. Um, it's not us that has to change. The people's mindset and also the infrastructure uh, and the environment has to change for us. You know, we're not the one that's disabled, actually, but our surrounding is the one that makes us disabled. I mean, we are here to stay. So, for them, if they like to travel, just go out, just travel and and enjoy it. Yes, they're going to... it's, It's like, actually, sometimes when I travel, I feel like I'm going to war because I have to go through so many obstacles, you know, with my wheelchair, I will fall, the ramps not to steep the curbs to everything is just not right you know but sometimes you know you, you go to places where it's accessible so um you need to go out there please to parents out there who have children with special needs just bring them out uh, bring them out to travel you know and, and 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 let them see um so so uh so that they can adjust and they know what to do uh it's it's very important for us to one have accessible tourism second is for us to have uh, a knowledge of, of the, our surroundings and the places we travel you know and um, yeah just 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 go out there and, and not caring what people think just we belong here you know um, we just the people have, just have to get used to us That's and right. it doesn't help it doesn't help that Mona and myself we are major babes right Mona yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Mona what about you what piece
0: of
1: advice do you have for us for anyone for everyone pers- pers- pursue your dreams you know There you, you sometimes we are our biggest enemy you know we're the yes. ones that stop ourselves and so you know push through and you're gonna like like she said sometimes it is like war there's so many obstacles like you know for me it might not be as much you know the curb, but like like whatever i'm trying to do there are blocks and and that's just part of it. But when you get through it, it feels amazing because you feel like you can do it. Right,
0: terrific. Thank you so much. So now we are going uh, back to see everyone. Um, Can everyone please uh, switch on your cameras again so that we can see all of you. I really want to thank, uh everyone here for joining us today i think it's been a particularly enlightening uh topic uh because so many of us are really quite unaware of of, uh, the world of the differently able and how they travel but they're both right our two wonderful speakers right everybody has a right to mobility to travel to to experience uh the world just like uh, just like the rest of us, so if you switch on your camera so we can see you, we'll take a nice photo uh a few more. Let's have a few more. Is everyone on um hi, hi, hi. It's kind of nice to see everyone's faces um yeah, a few more, okay. we some people are shy i guess um and maybe they're still in their pajamas who knows (laughs) (laughs) um but uh okay if uh we'll we'll just take what we can and we'll um take the photo now so put on your biggest smile and uh Hey, hey. All right. thank you so much everyone and to my two speakers, thank you for being such wonderful guests. You have really, really helped us a lot in, in understanding um, uh, the world better, really. Um, Russ, I wish you all the best uh, in the Dewanegara. I hope thank you will you. continue to fight uh for uh people with special needs but also for the rest of us because we all have we are all you know we all (laughs) have our own own special needs too in in one way or another mona i can't thank you enough for joining us all the way from boston i hope uh, we do get to meet face to face uh sometime and as you know um you're always always welcome to visit us here in, in uh, Malaysia. Uh, there's nothing I would like better than to meet you here and, and bring you around and you can tell us where we're not doing things right. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll introduce you to Malaysian food. If you like to eat, this is the place. Yep. This is totally the place for food. So once again, thank you everyone for joining us uh do look out for the summary and the video of this uh session that will be on the zapigo website uh soon and it will remain on the facebook uh, page and then look out for our next session in in about two weeks time uh the next episode of hello zapigo will will keep you posted on what the topic of that will be thank you once again and have a good weekend bye